0: People waste a ton of time working on the wrong things, chasing the wrong things, investing their time, their energy and the money in the wrong things, only to find out several months later or several years later that this whole thing was a waste of time. This whole thing was a waste of my resources. This whole thing was one big grand distraction, right? So what this episode is about is to save you from that problem before you get into that problem, right? And one the, the, the trusted way, the proven way, the best way to save yourself from that problem is to know the difference between an opportunity and a distraction so that you can spot them before you get trapped in them, right? And I give you three frameworks for assessing opportunities and distractions. Every big thing starts small. It's a natural law. Every big multinational corporation was once a small business. Welcome to the Small Starter Business Podcast, a unique podcast for practical tips and advice to help you start, grow, or turn around your business. Hello, welcome to another episode of the Small Starter Business Podcast. I am your host, John Paul Iwoha. And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about two very contrasting ideas. They look very similar, but today we're going to be trying to do the delicate job of finding the space, the gap that um, we need to pass through. And what this means is I'm going to be talking about opportunities and distractions. So, is it an opportunity or is it a distraction? That new idea you have, that new strategy you want to chase, that new product you want to develop, that new deal you want to cut, is it an opportunity or is it a distraction? So how do you resist the uh, FOMO? FOMO is fear of missing out and SOS, the shiny object syndrome in your business, right? So how can you tell an opportunity from a distraction? And the problem is they can be very deceptively similar. There are things you come across that look like opportunities, but they're actually a distraction. And it's only three months down the line one year down the line, or after some tears, that's when you realize that this thing that was cloaked as an opportunity was actually a distraction. So the reason why this topic is very important for entrepreneurs is that there is a big danger that comes with distraction. And that's because many people lose focus from the important primary work they should be doing, the important primary business they should be doing, and they end up working on the wrong things. They spend their time, money, effort chasing the wrong things, and they end up feeling frustrated that they put in all that time, all that money, and all that effort into something they thought was an opportunity, but it ended up being a waste of their time, right? And then there's this whole thing about FOMO, F-O-M-O, which is like uh, an acronym for fear of missing out. So some people are very afraid of missing any opportunity that comes their way. So they see themselves as, they say they are opportunity hunters, or some of them call themselves serial entrepreneurs. But this is essentially some way, some coping mechanism to convince themselves that they are opportunity chasers. But then the thing is, is it, an, is it actually an opportunity or is it just a distraction? And then there's the thing about the SOS, the shiny object syndrome, SOS. So some people, some, some entrepreneurs are attracted to anything that looks like a money-making opportunity. So maybe they are in the manufacturing business and then they hear there is some way to make money fast in importing human hair, you know, artificial hair for women or uh, they, they, or there's uh, there's an opportunity to make money in cosmetics. And then they abandon their manufacturing business or their agribusiness and they jump right into a totally unrelated opportunity because they think there is a, there's a potential to make money there. But the thing is, is it really an opportunity or is it a distraction? And I'm hoping that by the time I'm done with this episode, you will be able to see through very crystal clear eyes how to distinguish between an opportunity and a distraction, even if the distraction looks very much like an opportunity. But, but you know, first, for me to be able to do that, we need to clearly understand the difference between an opportunity and a distraction. In real life, it can be difficult to tell these things apart because a distraction mostly looks like an opportunity. It's only afterward that you discover, you know, this thing is a, it's a waste of my, time, or this thing was a waste of my time. So I have three definitions, three definitions of the opportunity and the distraction that will help you distinguish between an opportunity and a distraction. So my first definition is about goals, goals, right? So the way I see it, an opportunity is something that takes you closer to your goal. If something is going to take you closer to your goal, if an activity, a deal, a product or a strategy will take you closer to your goal, then that's an opportunity. But if it is something that will take you away from your goal, then it's a distraction. It doesn't matter what it looks like, what it smells like, what it feels like. If it's going to take you away from your goal, it is a time-wister. waster. is a distraction. But what this definition means is that for this definition to work for you, you need to actually know what your goal is. So if you don't have a goal or you're not clear what your goal is or what your goals are, everything will look like an opportunity. That's the thing. When you don't have a goal, anything Everything that comes your way will look like an opportunity. It will be difficult to tell them apart because you don't have a goal. And when you don't have a goal, any way you follow will lead you there, which is where? Nowhere. You see? So, if you don't know what your goal is, or if you don't even have a goal, it's going to be worse because you will be very vulnerable to distraction. When you don't have goals, you're going to be very vulnerable to distraction because since you don't know what direction you're headed, since you don't know where you're going, then your belief is going to be that any road will take you there. And most times, you end up nowhere. So, remember that anything that doesn't move you toward your goal is likely moving you away from your goals. But you need to know what your goals are. So, for example, is it a sales goal, right? You're you targeting, um, let's let's say you are in the agribusiness and you supply uh, fresh produce. To supermarkets, right? That's what you do. And then you have a goal of hitting, of doubling your scale, of doubling your sales this year, right? Now, anything that is not going to help you double your sales this year, even though it looks like a remote possibility, is a distraction. That's clearly what it is. And I'm hoping that as we progress in this episode, you're going to get a clearer picture of what I mean. Now, the second way I'm going to differentiate between opportunity and distraction is by my second definition and that second definition is based on priority right and then what this means is what this definition says is that an opportunity is a high priority activity that maximizes the return on the time money and effort you put into that activity so there are two things here if it's an opportunity it has to be high priority That's the first. The second is that it needs to maximize the return on your time, your money, and your effort. So if it's something where you're putting in money, time, and effort, and you're not getting the return that you expect, then it's a distraction. On the other hand, distractions are low-priority activities, you know, that don't maximize the return on the time and money you put in. So I'm going to help you understand this, and I'll give you an example. But first, the thing to keep in mind is that all of us have 24 hours in a day. And from the moment you wake up, you start doing things called activities. Brushing your teeth is an activity. Taking your bath is an activity. Driving to your office is an activity. Sitting in meetings is an activity. Responding to emails is an activity. You know, all you, you Essentially, from the time we wake up to until the time we sleep, we're involved in all sorts of activities. Now, according to this definition, all activities are not equal. All activities are not equal. Some activities yield more results than others. So some activities are more important than others. And this is important because we have 24 hours in a day. Most people sleep 7 hours, 6 hours, 8 hours. That now means for most, for for many people, we work for between, say, 8 to 10 hours on the average day. And what you do within those 8 to 10 hours matters a lot. Because if you are working on low-priority items on low-priority activities, what it means is that you're going to have poor results. You're going to have suboptimal results. But if you're working on high-priority activities, even if they are just one or two or three, you're going to end up having much better results than the person who looked very busy, sweating all over the place, very busy, but at the end of the day, they're unable to accomplish anything tangible. They don't have real results. And that's because all the things they were working on were low-priority all those things were distractions, even though they looked important, but they're low priority items. So what you focus on matters a lot. And one way to to look at this distinction is the difference between strategic activities and operational activities, right? So attending a sales meeting for a client you have, or replying, okay, let's use a simple one, replying emails. Replying emails is an operational activity. I'm not saying it's not important. Some emails are important. In fact, many of the emails, if you're in business, are important emails, but it's an operational activity. It's a day-to-day activity, right? If you don't do it today, you do it tomorrow, right? But then there are strategic activities. For example, you have a business development partnership. You're trying to, you're trying to develop with a, a new um, distributor. You know, you're trying to set up um, partnership agreements with distributors that would carry your products, that's a strategic activity. It doesn't happen every day. It happens maybe once a year or once every quarter or once a month. So when these things happen, when these opportunities come through, they are high priority because closing only one partner can bring in a lot of sales. Closing one partner can bring in a lot of sales. But sometimes you answer, you answer a lot of emails in a day and it doesn't generate a single sale. You see, so that's the difference between strategic activities and operational activities. And you need to have the wisdom to be able to tell when you have a list of activities that are competing for your time. You need to prioritize and say, which of these activities is a strategic activity? Which one should I prioritize? Because the danger is you might end up being busy. You're just busy. You're very busy. You don't have time. You're working, working, working. But that work is not yielding results because you're working on low priority activities or operational activities when your focus should be on the strategic activities, which are the high priority activities. So I hope this creates a clear distinction for you because some things may seem urgent. I remember there was an episode earlier on in the podcast where I talked about how to handle um, um Urgent items, important items. I think the episode was about time management, how to manage your time as an entrepreneur. I can't quite remember the episode number, but I, I strongly recommend you go and look for that episode. It was one of the earlier episodes in this podcast. And in that episode, I mentioned that some things show up as urgent. You know, they're like, you have to do this now. If not, you know, now, so some things are urgent, but they're not important. They are urgent, they're just they are just a nuisance, you know, like a phone call from an unimportant customer or person. You know, I'm not saying you shouldn't pick calls, but there are some calls you can ignore and then call back later, especially when you know that person is not a strategic person or that person is not, um, or the issue is really not strategic. So you can take the call and say, you know, respond. is this urgent? Can I call you later? You know, you can do that. Can I call you later? And then you leave, that, you leave that call for later in the day when you've handled your most important stuff. So that's one way to make sure that you don't have urgent things clouding your agenda and monopolizing your day. Meanwhile, the important strategic stuff is suffering because you don't have enough time to handle them. So it's very important how you, how you look at these things because that's how you can tell what is an opportunity and what is a distraction? Most strategic activities are opportunities. Most strategic activities are opportunities. Most operational activities are distractions because you can delay them, you can delegate them, you can find somebody and you know ask them to do it, right? Or you can outrightly ignore them and the heavens will not fall, right? That's how most operational activities are. But most strategic activities, if you ignore them, yes, the heavens may fall. So you have to give them you have to give them your attention because they are high priority. So, so far I've talked about two definitions. My first definition was based on goals, right? If anything is going to take you towards your goal, it's an opportunity. If it's going to take you away from your goal, it's a distraction. But remember the caveat, you need to know what your goals are because if you don't have goals, then that means everything is going to look like an opportunity to you. The second definition I gave was around priority. And I said that any activity that is a high-priority activity and will maximize the time and effort you put into it. But when it's a low-priority activity, even if it's urgent, sometimes it may just be a distraction, right? Now, the third definition is around competitive advantage. And I need you to pay close attention to this because this is um, very important. Now, and at, at the end of the day, this might prove to be your most popular or most useful way of differentiating between opportunities and distractions, and you know, going by this definition of competitive advantage, what I see is that an opportunity is something that leverages your strengths. If there is something that comes up that leverages your strengths, I see it an oppor- as an opportunity because it is easier to, it is easier and better to compete on what you know, on your knowledge, skills, experience, and assets. So when something is your strength, it means you're good at it. It comes natural to you or you have learned it, but bottom line is you're good at it. You may like doing it or not like doing it, but bottom line is you are good at it. It is strength. I prefer to play on my strengths than to, play on my, or than to improve my weaknesses. Because improving my weaknesses is hard work. But if I'm playing to my strengths, it's easy. It's It's amazing. Uh, because I derive a lot of joy, I'm going to move fast. I can put a lot of passion into it. But when I'm trying to improve my weaknesses, it's like I'm trying to eat food that I do not like. And even though I know that the food is important for me, because if I don't eat, I'll go hungry, or I will lose the nutritional benefits that I'm supposed to get. I may eat the food, but I may not enjoy it. You know, I don't think that experience is worth it. If I can eat food that I can enjoy, Doesn't it make more sense if I can eat food that I would enjoy? That would be fantastic. I will eat it. I will take my time. I will enjoy the experience. So I prefer to eat food that I like than to force down food that I don't like. So if something would benefit from my strength, something that I'm good at, I see it as an opportunity because I can more or less, you know, exploit it as long as it's going to take me towards my goals. Right? And as long as it's a high priority item, it's a strategic activity. If it's placed on my strengths, I'm going to take that um, advantage. Now, but I consider a distraction to be something that leverages your weaknesses because building up your weaknesses or improving your weaknesses is good, is important, but it takes time. It will take you longer time. It will end up being a distraction because it doesn't come easily to you, it doesn't come naturally to you. You're likely going to struggle. And like I said, it's like eating food you don't like. You're likely going to struggle. So if I have the option to eat food I like, I would rather eat food that I like than to eat food that I don't like. Because I think that eating food that I like, chasing things that leverage my strengths will give me a better return on my time, on my money, and on my efforts. Because I have the knowledge, I have the skills, I have the experience to know when I'm wasting my time. You know, that, that's the thing. When something is based on your strengths, You can easily know when you're wasting your time, when this thing will not work. So you walk away. But when it's an area of weakness for you, you are going to likely be a victim because you don't know what you don't know. You're a novice, you're inexperienced at it, you don't have any knowledge, and you're unskilled about it. It's going to cost you much more because you don't know what's involved. But if it's something I know about, I can quickly tell when it's wasting my time. I can quickly tell when it's a dead end. I can quickly tell if there is if this opportunity is a dud right so that is the that's that's the thing another way to, to look at it is you know imagine driving a car that has a faulty steering wheel so it has a faulty has a faulty steering wheel and then you know it's not as if you can't drive the car but it's harder to drive a car that doesn't that doesn't have hydraulics where the hydraulics is not working you will drive the car but it's going to be a struggle You really have to struggle to drive the car compared to a car that has hydraulics. It it already has that uh, mechanical advantage. It's like multiplying your force. You don't need to apply so much energy and things are just moving naturally. It's like watching a professional dancer dance or a professional swimmer swim. If you ask a professional swimmer to go play football or basketball, they will struggle. But if you put them in water, bam, you have a miracle. So I prefer to play to my strengths because I think I can more easily maximize the return I get on the time and effort and and money I put into that, that, that investment. And then at this point too, I also need to talk about this whole thing about FOMO, which is like the fear of missing out or the shiny object syndrome. Now, if there is one thing that is very abundant when it comes to entrepreneurship, It is new ideas and business opportunities. There will always be new business ideas. There will always be business opportunities. I wrote a book on 101 business opportunities in Africa. That book was published in 2015. Since I wrote that book, I'm still compiling a list that runs into almost a thousand other ideas. And that's because ideas will never finish. As long as human beings keep changing, keep wanting new things, as long as consumer tastes are always changing, as long as the economy is always changing, as long as human society is changing and evolving, there will always be new ideas, new business opportunities. So, if you suffer from FOMO, if you suffer from FOMO, if you suffer from the fear of missing out, I hope this, this suits you somehow or this acts like some kind of balm. If you miss one opportunity, there will always be another opportunity. There are even iterations of the same opportunity. You can even copy an opportunity, you can even copy an idea and build your personality and your uniqueness into it and it becomes a brand new opportunity. There are all sorts of opportunities and ideas for you to say that every single thing that passes your table, you must exploit it. That will make you vulnerable to distraction if you keep chasing everything you come across you will end up being distracted. You're going to be distracted from the primary activity, from the primary business, from the primary product or service that you deliver. So you need to be careful about what you focus on. And that's because it's better to focus on opportunities because they give you a competitive advantage. They're a better use of your time, of your energy, of your money, of your attention, right? So it's very important that you... You, you keep that in mind. So at this point in the episode, let's recap. Um, I started this episode by talking about the danger of distraction. People waste a ton of time working on the wrong things, chasing the wrong things, investing their time, their energy, and the money in the wrong things, only to find out several months later or several years later that this whole thing was a waste of time. This whole thing was a waste of my resources. This whole thing was one big grand distraction, right? So what this episode is about is to save you from that problem before you get into that problem, right? And one the, the the trusted way, the proven way, the best way to save yourself from that problem is to know the difference between an opportunity and a distraction, so that you can spot them before you get trapped in them, right? And I give you three frameworks for assessing opportunities and distractions. The first framework is around goals. And what I said is, if something is going to take you closer to your goal, that thing is an opportunity. But if it is going to take you away from your goal, it's a distraction. But the caveat is you need to know what your goal is. If you don't know what you're looking for, if you don't know where you're going to, any road will lead you there. So what that means is that if you do not know what your goals are, anything that you come across will look like an opportunity to you what that means is that you're going to be you're likely going to fall into the trap of chasing a distraction and that's because you don't know what your goal is so if you're very clear about what your goal is the moment things show up you can easily say oh this one this will take me toward my goal so this is an opportunity but this other thing is a time waster because i don't see how it can take me close to my goal the second framework is around priority And I said that all activities are not the same. From the moment you wake up until the time you sleep, you're going to be doing different things. Different activities are going to be competing for your attention, for your time, for your money. Now, all those activities are not the same. They are not the same. Some activities are more important, far more important than other activities. Some activities look urgent, but they are not important. They are going to waste your time. So the goal is to know which activities are high priority and you focus on your high-priority activities. And usually, high-priority activities are strategic activities. There are things that don't happen all the time, but if you can work on them, they can give you tremendous results. Operational things are things that happen daily. Uh, answering customer calls, going for meetings, re- responding to your emails. You know, all, Some of these things are urgent. Some of them are important, but they are not strategic. They're just operational stuff. Right, So knowing how to prioritize your activities is very important because the high-priority activities end up being opportunities for you. But then the low-priority activities end up becoming your time wasters. They would consume your time, your effort, your money, and all that, and yield very minimal results. So it's very important I, I mentioned that. And then the third framework is competitive advantage. Like I mentioned, I prefer to play to my strengths. And that's because I think that anything that plays to my strengths is an opportunity because I can leverage it. And that's because I have the knowledge, I have the skills, I have the experience and even the relationships to exploit it. Because it's my area, it's my area of competence, it's something I can do. I may like it or not like it, but I can do it. So if something is my area of strength, I would rather do it. And I gave the comparison, you know, I said I would rather eat food that I like than to eat food that I don't like, even though I know that generally food is good for me. But it's easier, it's better. It's more it's more efficient. You can bring a lot of passion if you end up doing something that you like. So something that you like would, would take you a shorter amount of time compared to trying to leverage your weaknesses. Leveraging your weaknesses means you start from... A position of weakness, because there are many things you don't know. You are not experienced in this thing. You don't know much about it. You don't even have any experience in it. You don't have any relationships in it. It's like somebody who is in the agribusiness, who says they want to set up a crash, you know, or who says they want to go into fertilizer production. You don't know jack about fertilizer production. All this time, you've been in manufacturing or agribusiness. You're good at what you do. You're good at your poultry, you're good at this. But this other one, you don't know anything about fertilizer production. So I would rather go with an opportunity that allows me to expand my poultry business than one where I'm going to be distracted by a totally different industry to learn this thing from scratch and then exploit it. Yes, I'm not saying it's always a dead end, but it's harder and it will end up distracting you from your your main play. And um, so, so far... I looked at three frameworks, I looked at goals, I looked at priority activities, and I looked at competitive advantage. And then I also talked about FOMO. I talked about you resisting FOMO, resist the urge you know, to exhibit this whole fear of missing out or the shiny object syndrome where you just, you're, you're jumping on everything because you are scared that you will miss out on an opportunity. And I told you that, Business opportunities and business ideas are infinite for everyone you miss. there are hundred other opportunities out there that are waiting for you to grab them right so don't be scared when you pass up on an opportunity because it looks like a distraction right it's okay what is a distract don't forget what is a distraction to you might actually be an opportunity for somebody else so don't forget that you can actually pass on those things to people that you think it to be relevant to so if something is a distraction to you how can you use it to build goodwill or develop a relationship that can serve you later so it might be a distraction it might be an opportunity to somebody else so you can use that to to leverage a relationship or build a relationship right so at this point in the episode there are three things i need you to consider this has been a short episode and i want it to remain that way i want it to be punchy so that these things can sink in. So at this point in the episode, I'll we'll talk about our partner, which is Queza, K U U E Z A. Queza is an amazing platform for African businesses, small and mid sized businesses that, that make products. So there are three essential benefits of Queza. And what it means is the first uh, the first opportunity is that for businesses that are limited by their local geography. So you're only doing business within a particular state or within a particular city. What Quesa does is Quesa is presenting you with an opportunity to find customers in foreign markets. And when you have customers in foreign markets, what it means is that you can sell more. So you have an opportunity here to grow your sales because you can sell to customers outside your immediate reach. That's already a way to expand and grow your business. The second is that you can earn foreign exchange. So if you're selling to customers in other countries, what it means is that, especially if you're selling to customers in other African countries or outside of Africa, you have the opportunity to earn foreign exchange, which can um, very likely give you leverage uh, because it may be more valuable than your local currency. And then the third thing is when you're selling to foreign markets, you you can enjoy better pricing. You can mark up your pricing because by the time you com- you convert your price into US dollars or pounds or something, you find that you still have a lot of room to raise your prices so that it can appeal to customers in, in, in those markets. So if you're thinking of expanding the reach of your products to other markets, Quesa makes that dream come true. Quesa handles the logistics, handles the movement, handles the payment, makes sure that everybody is happy. And they already have hundreds of merchants on their on their platform and you really really need to check it out because i think this is one of the best kept secrets of, of to, uh, 2022. so to check out Queza which is k-u-u-e-z-a check out Queza at the app store or the google play store and the name of the app is Queza seller so they have a separate app for the sellers right and then there's a separate app for the users Queza user uh, so if you want to explore the range of products that are available on the Quesa platform and you want to buy from another African country or, you know, stuff like that, download the Quesa user um, app. And um, at this point in the episode, there are four things I need you to keep in mind. The first is to join the insiders program. Now, like I always mention, most of the topics on the podcast are influenced and uh, they're inspired by conversations I have with members of the Insiders community. The Insiders community is a private and exclusive community of entrepreneurs who work directly with me. We have members in over 20 plus countries within and outside the African continent, uh, even though many of them are, um, are building businesses on the on the African continent. and I get the privilege, the rare privilege to listen to a lot of opportunities. Um, Many of them, many of the entrepreneurs I work with, many of the entrepreneurs who are insiders, they are always bursting with new ideas. So sometimes they say, oh, John Paul, there's this new idea I want to talk to you about. And you know, the thing is, yes, some of them have not yet started a business. They are the idea stage where I encourage them to explore as many ideas as possible so that when they choose, they can be committed to that idea. But I also get the guys who already run a business, as in these are like primary businesses that take their full attention. But from time to time, there are opportunities that creep up from the side. And then they ask, you know, John Paul, this is an opportunity that has come up. And then after we've talked about it, it becomes obvious to them that this is, even though it looks like an opportunity, it's actually a distraction you know, and they get they reach that conclusion by themselves because they can easily see how this thing that looks so good on the surface, by the time they start to exploit it, it will end up, you know, hurting them or hurting their primary business. So they abandon it. So just the the frustration that that insight can save you, the time that it will save you, the energy to save you, the money to save you because some of these things need you to invest money in them, for them, you know, every opportunity will tell you, you need to put in some money, you know, so just the advice alone, just belonging to that community, being open with your ideas, sharing your ideas, getting a second opinion, working closely with me, those things can help you avoid situations where you invest three months of your time or two years of your time chasing what you thought was an opportunity that ended up being a, a major distraction. And of course you're you're frustrated and all that. So to join the insiders community, check us out at smallstarter.com slash insiders. Again, it is smallstarter.com slash insiders. The second thing I want you to consider is to tell your friends about the podcast. So there's a lot of insightful information. There's a lot of helpful information for anybody who is trying to become better at business. So if you're an entrepreneur, you're going through the, daily struggle, you're trying to improve your position, grow your business, become a better person, become a bigger and better business, right? There's a lot you can learn from this podcast. But above all, I think it is unfair if you keep this podcast to yourself, right? If you're learning all this stuff, the minimum, the least you can do is to tell your friends and family about the Small Starter Business Podcast, to share it with your people on social media so that they can learn from this um, rich source of information and insights and knowledge right so tell your friends about the small starter business podcast let them google it small starter business podcast we come up right there at number one and then they can listen to all the episodes and then subscribe so you know instantly when there's a new episode so you can subscribe on apple podcast on google podcast. And then the third thing I want you to keep in mind is to give us a five-star review. So if you've been listening to us for some time, you like what you've been learning, you've actually got value from what you've been learning here, give us a five-star review. That's the best way to um, give us a thumbs up and uh, say thank you. We'd really appreciate it. But above all, the five-star review does even something better. It improves our ranking in the algorithms. So what that means is that other people who are looking for the kinds of things that we talk about on the Small Starter Business Podcast, it becomes easier for such people to find us because you give us a five-star review. So I, I, I hope for, for that reason, you should be able to, or you'll find it in your mind, in your heart, to leave us a five-star review. To leave us a review, um, head over to smallstarter.com slash review, smallstarter.com slash review. And then the fourth point I want you to keep in mind is to follow my work on social media. So instead of waiting for the podcast episode every time I release it once a week, from Mondays to Fridays, I share interesting stuff on a wide range of subjects on social media. I'm most active on LinkedIn and Facebook, and then also there's Twitter. So on on LinkedIn, you can search for John Paul Iwoha. You can follow me on LinkedIn. I have almost a million followers on on LinkedIn. I think it's about 850-something thousand. Yeah, on on LinkedIn. So uh, clearly there must be something I'm I'm doing right, right? So follow me on LinkedIn. I always share great stuff. It would be nice for you, for us to connect. And when you're connecting in the connection request, just let me know um, you're from the podcast. You listen and all that. It would be nice to to um, to connect on Facebook. We have a group. We have a thriving group on Facebook. It's called the Small Starter Business Club. The Small Starter Business Club. So you can. You can search for it on Facebook or go to um, facebook.com slash groups slash small starter. You're going to find us in there. I share stuff from Monday to Friday on a wide range of interesting topics. And it would be nice for us to connect. On Twitter, we are at smallstarters. In this case, it's a small starter with an S at smallstarters or at JP underscore Iwoha, which is my personal handle on 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 Twitter. So it will be nice for us to um to connect. And um, on until the very next episode, I want you to be very careful what you spend your time on. We have a limited time, and for entrepreneurs, we can't there's a very high premium on our time. So you need to be careful what you're spending your time on. And anything you spend your time on may end up being either an opportunity or a distraction. I'm hoping you spend less of your time chasing distractions and spend more of your time chasing opportunities because that way we can guarantee that all the work you're doing will count for something and you're going to get the results you're looking for and you're going to find the success you're looking for so until the very next episode stay confident stay cheerful stay positive be safe and i look forward to discussing another interesting um, topic in the very next episode cheers bye-bye I hope you enjoyed this episode of the small starter business podcast to take our free business courses or join one of our signature programs for special entrepreneurs like you head over to smallstarter.com to join our private community see you inside